Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. Music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us as always at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world or in the secret teachings archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you subscribe to the archive, you get access to all of our shows without all of the annoying monetized advertisements that you'll get on the many radio and podcast players. Plus, you'll get access to the show montage and digital copies of my books when you subscribe to the show or when you buy a book separately on the website. You support this show and keep us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific time, right after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the topic of the day. Every day, it seems like it changes. COVID-19, monkeypox, Ukraine, Russia's bad, gas station owners are bad for gas prices, and then we jump back to Ukraine a little bit, and then it's monkeypox, and then we see the New York Times and the World Health Organization telling us that we need to bring masks back, and COVID's not over yet, and then we hear about new viruses being discovered that have nothing to do with COVID-19. These are new rare viruses spread from monkeys to humans, and then we go back to Ukraine a little bit, and then we come back around. And But that's just how all forms of mainstream media portray the news of the day. Then you get a little January 6th. Then you get a little bit of propaganda about health. And then you get a nuclear bomb PSA. And none of it is really in context. None of it really makes any logical sense. None of it really has any relevance to reality except for the reality that's being manufactured in a subsection of the real world. Basically in a compartment of the mind and as it is being built, it is growing tentacles out to suffocate and to strangle the logical centers of our brains and of our minds. I've said that For a long time, I am not a political person. I do not subscribe to one political party or the other. I have registered to vote in the state of Arizona. Only the second time I've registered to vote in my life, I registered to vote in the state of Florida so I could vote for Ron Paul many, many years ago. I've never voted in any other election because I didn't know enough about any of the candidates This was something that I felt that I needed to really learn how the rule of law and how elections and how governments work before I, and this is my personal decision, thought it would be appropriate and responsible for me to cast that right to vote. And although voting is a right, voting is not a civil liberty. It is a civil right afforded to civil members of a civil and open society that agree upon certain rights to be granted to individuals who have investment in the community. That's what a civil right or a community right, that's what civics is all about. So I am planning to vote in the next couple of days for the governor of Arizona and the attorney general and all the others that are going to, going to, going to be on the ballot. And 
sometimes I feel like, and I was talking to a, a listener, a friend of mine last night, Joseph Lavelle, up in Idaho, and I said, you know, and I told him that, you know, I've only voted one time for Ron Paul because I just didn't feel responsible enough to vote otherwise. And I said, it almost feels like idiocracy, Joseph. I said, I said, I feel like the woman who didn't want to have a baby because she wasn't ready yet. And the husband and the wife, they were just waiting for the right time to have the baby. But meanwhile, everybody else with low IQs, everybody else with, you know, j- just complete borderline retardation uh, in their family was just banging away and they were having dozens of kids and the world got really, really stupid. And maybe maybe it's because of people like me who haven't exercised a right to vote, but I, I was just thinking it's kind of it's kind of like idiocracy. And I want to give a shout out to Joseph up in Idaho because I haven't talked to him for a while. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's a longtime listener of the show. And he was... He's also a fan of Clyde as well. And him and I were having this conversation yesterday and I was getting all of these ideas. I was thinking, I was telling him some stories because we haven't talked for a while. And, you know, I was, I was thinking here in the state of Arizona, and I'm going to hit on a lot of topics and there's going to be a lot of really triggering words tonight. Here in the state of Arizona, local media is telling us that the, the biggest concern in the upcoming elections is, and this is not my opinion, the biggest concern is abortion. I get advertisements for representatives or potential representatives to the state Congress that say that the biggest threat to Arizonans is abortion rights, that the biggest threat to Arizonans is climate change. And I get little pamphlets. I've gotten two of them in the mail now from nonpartisan sources, and they show me this list of Republicans and Democrats, and I read it. And I'm thinking, okay, I agree with what that conservative person says. I don't necessarily agree with that person, but I do agree with that statement. Oh, I see this Democrat here. I agree with that, what they're saying. I actually like that Democrat. I I don't particularly think that they, they would be a great leader, but I like what they have to say. And I go through the list. I actually read through the whole pamphlet to see what the policies were of these people that I was going to be voting for or not voting for. And when I read that, Some of the Democrats I agreed with, some of the Republicans I agreed with, some of the Democrats and Republicans I didn't agree with. But what the the thing was that really got me was that the local media, the state media, if you will, is promoting one particular candidate who has virtually no policy for anything. Her policy is getting rape kits to trans people and cutting taxes on feminine hygiene products, but they're not feminine, they're people hygiene products for trans people. And I don't care what you think of transgender and genetic issues. The point is, how can you run for governor on that platform? That, that, can't affect, that doesn't affect more than a percent of the population. So how exactly can you run on that platform? And how come there are other people that are equally or more qualified than you who actually have real plans for the state of Arizona, agree or disagree with them, and they don't get the same attention? Even when they're Democrats, it doesn't make any sense. So they've been telling us that abortion is the biggest issue. Climate change is the biggest issue. But let me tell you this. A couple of weeks ago, I went up to Phoenix, which is in the news almost every day for being the hottest city in America, and it's going to be unbearable. Nobody's going to be able to live there. And I was sitting on the porch of this little event venue that we went to, a friend of mine, uh, another Joe here in Tucson, and it was like really nice outside. And I just got done reading an article about how Phoenix is, is, is burning. 
But it was nice outside. Yeah, it's 100 and something degrees. It's the middle of the summer. It, it was, but it was nice outside. I wasn't even sweating. So we're up there in Phoenix, and uh, the state senator comes, Wendy Rogers. I don't necessarily know a lot about Wendy Rogers. I know that the media doesn't like her that much, but she's answering questions. She's being a politician. But these people in the audience, and these are very right-wing conservative people in the audience, start asking her about Dominion voting machines. And it's just like abortion, just like climate change. Virtually every single person that asked this woman a question it was all about Dominion voting machines and election fraud and how are we going to get Trump back in the White House. And although she's a huge supporter of Trump, and Trump I, I, I has um, um, she's, he's endorsed a lot of uh, Republican candidates in the state of Arizona, uh, these people just, it was like a rabid animal. Well, Dominion, Dominion, Dominion. They just, they just, they same question. She's like, I just answered that question. Uh, somebody else. Okay, you in the back there. What, what are we going to do about the Dominion voting machine? It's just like, Jesus Christ. These people are just as rabid as the Democrats are. You cannot apparently have a reasonable, rational, calm discussion with either side of the political spectrum. But listen up. It's not just politics, okay? It's also UFOs. It's things totally off the political grid. For example, at this same event, everything that was said that the guy that ran it didn't like, he literally called it MKUltra. He was like, oh, that's MKUltra. Oh, that woman was MKUltra in you. Turning it into an action. She MKUltra'd you. MKUltra. MK I'm, I'm thinking, do you even know what MKUltra is? We're not going to get into it now, but it, everything that you're... I mean, maybe what you're saying is like neurolinguistic programming or behavioral psychology, but it has nothing to do with hooking people up to electrodes to enhance the desirability of behavior. It has nothing to do with LSD experiments. They've just co-opted this word MKUltra. It's the same thing with the UFO community. You can sit there and you can show people, look, I mean, look at the work of Timothy Good or Jim Mars or you, you I mean, you name one, uh, David Mar Marler. Look at the work of UFO uh, 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 researchers and look at how you have, you've got stories and documents that go back to the 60s, the 50s, the 40s, the Foo Fighters, the, the Battle of Los Angeles. And you try to show that to a lot of people at these UFO events like like the Roswell event I went to. It was a really fun event. Most of the people there were great. But you get this this like hive of 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 a hive mind of people that just no, 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 none of that matters. I want to know about the Tic Tac. It's the, the Tic Tacs and Louis Elizondo. It's like, hold on a second. There's more to UFOs than Louis Elizondo. There's more than, than you know, the Tic Tacs. There's more to politics than abortion and Dominion voting machines. There, there's more to mind control than just MK Ultra, And there's more to climate change than restricting your ability to air condition your house Restricting your ability to travel to go to the movies or to a park or to go to work. Restricting your ability to buy things that you'd like to buy as luxury items or even as necessities like food. It's more complex than that. Far more complex than that. And this is the thing that is, is driving me crazy. We hear about heat waves. This is all in the news this week, right? Heat waves killing thousands of people in Spain and Portugal. Here's an article from Axios. Driving the news, the ongoing heat wave could last a total of several weeks and has been accompanied by wildfires in the United Kingdom, France, Spain, and Portugal. And it's forced thousands of people to flee their homes. 
Severe heat waves are of particular concern in Europe, as they can often prove extremely deadly due to air conditioning being less ubiquitous than in the United States. But then I think, I I felt that I've, and I'm pretty sure that I've heard that air conditioners were bad. So they're saying heat waves are dangerous because people in Europe don't typically have air conditioners. So if people in Europe don't typically have air conditioners, they're more susceptible to climatic changes, heat and cold alike. This would mean that people in the United States shouldn't be suffering to the same level as people in Europe are suffering because we have air conditioners. And likewise, it means, and Americans take that for granted, by the way, I take it for granted, even though I'm aware of the context of the situation, of how, how good I have it as an American. But then again, you know, if these air conditioners are, are so um, necessary to prevent people from suffering from heat, why is it that air conditioners and higher energy costs are things that are supposed to condition us to think that, well, since air conditioners use a lot of electricity, we don't want to pay higher bills, we need to stop using the air conditioners, which if you stop using air conditioners, like they're saying in in Europe, it will actually make any real situation of global warming worse because people cannot adapt to what's happening in the environment. It will mean if you have hotter temperatures, people are going to be subject everywhere. If you take air conditioners away and you restrict usage of electricity to certain times of the day and then jack the cost up for the rest of the day, that really started with smart meters because they can control it directly through the appliances Air conditioners are supposed to be bad for the environment, but here they are saying that it's because Europe doesn't have air conditioners that they're suffering from heat. But they're suffering from heat to the same level that the U.S. is suffering, although we have air conditioners. None of it makes any sense. Of course, Axios reports that studies show, no link to the studies, just studies. Studies show that climate warms, and as climate warms, heat waves will become more frequent and more dramatic. Here's another one, BuzzFeed, which just gives me shivers. I can't stand BuzzFeed. It makes me want to vomit. BuzzFeed, Europe is having a heat wave and people are freaking out because we're not built for this kind of weather. Well, maybe if you were born in Alaska, maybe if you were born in the northernmost reaches of Canada, maybe if you were born in Nova Scotia or if you were born in the Arctic, Maybe if you were born in uh, some of the coldest places on Earth, maybe if you were born in Russia, northern China, Manchuria, maybe, maybe if you are born in these places, maybe you're not cut out for the heat in general. But here's the thing. What exactly is this, this intense heat that we're feeling? Well, they're telling us the UK has set a record for the highest temperature ever recorded this week. The previous higher temperature, was 101.66 degrees. The new high temperature is somewhere around 104 degrees. So they're saying the new high temperature is a few degrees hotter than it normally is. Now, I can tell you this for sure. Even with my air conditioner on today in my car, having just got in the car and drove down the street to go to the store, I can tell you that it was about 107 when I got in the car, and by the time I turned the air conditioner on and drove down the road, because my car was parked in the shade, it was about 102. 
I'm not going to say that's not hot, but that's typical weather for Tucson, Arizona, one of the, one of the hottest places in the country, just south of Phoenix. And at 102, personally, I'm pretty comfortable. So the fact that you can say that because you have the highest temperature recorded in the UK, and that's disputable because of the way that they declare that, it's the hottest temperature since this date, the hottest temperature of this specific day for this many years based on this chart, based on this graph, based on where we, it's the hottest you know recorded temperature ever that we've recorded at the airport or we've recorded in the countryside. Where are you recording this? Based on what day, what chart, what graph, what date, where exactly in history does this go back to? Five years, 10 years, 50 years, 100 years? What about 101 years? Was it hotter at 101 years ago than it was 100 years ago? This all matters. That's supposed to be how the science is done. There needs to be context to it. So even if 104 is the hottest temperature they've reached in the UK, to me personally, I would choose 104 degree weather every day for the rest of my life than have to suffer through one more winter with snow and ice. That's my personal opinion. Now I can say that because I'm from a climate, I'm from Florida, Central to Southern Florida, not Southern, more Central, but West Central, closer to Southern Florida, but right in the middle. I'm from St. Pete Beach, that little finger that sticks out onto the Gulf of Mexico. And I, uh, I like the heat. I, 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 I absolutely, I need the heat. I'm like a lizard. I was actually speaking to, uh, to Charlie, uh, uh, Charlie Robinson, like three months ago, I had him on the show from the Macroaggressions podcast. And Charlie and I were talking and he said, he's like, yeah, man, I'm just like, I'm the same as you. He's like, I'm like a lizard. I got to have, I got to have the heat. He's like, I can't, I can't stand, I can't stand any of the, uh, the cold weather. But yeah, that's, that, that's, I have to have the hot weather. That's, but that's me personally. So to suggest that humans are not built for this kind of weather, well, what's the weather? 104 degrees. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm built for 104 degrees. In fact, I'm not really built for cold weather. So that makes me think. I start asking contrary questions. 104 degrees, the hottest temperature ever recorded in the UK. Okay, well, what was the coldest temperature ever recorded in the UK? Do you think that matters? Do you think the coldest temperature ever recorded matters? I looked it up today. Coldest temperature ever was negative 27.2 degrees in East Scotland back in 1982. 1980 or 1982 to 1995, the lowest temperatures ever recorded down into the negative 20s, negative 27.2. That's pretty cold. Does that matter? Think about it. Does the cold temperature matter? Yeah, it, it does matter. It does matter. Let me tell you why it matters, because according to one of the only studies ever conducted on heat and cold climate related deaths, According to The Lancet, which is one of the most prestigious journals that you can get an article published in, analyzing various countries, analyzing various temperatures, The Lancet found that there are millions more cold deaths every year than heat deaths. In fact, in the year that they the years that they analyzed they range from 2000 to 2019. Based on this graph from the Lancet, 
there were 4,508,326 cold deaths, 481,411 heat deaths. Statistically, higher temperatures, whether they're a half a degree or a full degree, and you have to distinguish if the higher temperature is a consistently higher temperature or if it's a one-off high temperature that is exploited, taken out of context, and used to suggest the whole planet is heating up and it'll be 104 degrees every single day for the rest of human existence until we burn to death and die. Is it 104 degrees every day or is it just this specific day? How many years is this going to happen? Or is it just consistent with the way that the, 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 the temperature fluctuates? That's important. That context is important. So according to the Lancet, each year, warming, warmer temperatures actually save hundreds of thousands of lives. So Axios can, and BuzzFeed can, and others can publish these stories. We're not meant to live like this. Humans can't survive this. Phoenix is the hottest city in America. They're not going to be able to survive climate change. 1,900 people in Spain and Portugal have died because of heat. Okay, well, about 166,000 people every year are saved from the cold with heat. Then you have to ask the question, who are these 1,900 people that died? Are they people that don't know that when it's hot, they should go find some water or some shade or some shelter? Do they stand outside in the sun covered in clothing from head to toe at noon at 100 and whatever the temperature is? and just stand there and catch heat stroke? See, a lot of the people that are dying from heat-related deaths, who always die from heat-related deaths or cold exposures in the winter, they're homeless people. And a lot of the people that are dying, who are homeless, are not dying by direct choice. They're dying because, like here in Tucson, you see it on the side of the road sometimes, people get strung out on various forms of drugs and then they pass out or they're really unable to move on the side of the road in the sunlight. So then they overheat on top of their body being stressed and they die. Are they dying because of the hot temperature or are they dying because of a drug overdose and exposure to the hot temperature as a result of not being able to be cog cognitively aware of what's happening? That's important to ask and to understand because it changes the story and it changes the narrative. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. I've got a jam-packed show for you tonight. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. <laughs> I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. 
We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. According to the Met Office, they've issued their first ever red extreme heat warning with temperatures soaring as high as 104 degrees. At least 34 locations broke previous national records in the UK. They've reached 104 degrees The highest before had been 101.66. Now, the issue here is, as presented in that statement by the Met Office and from BuzzFeed News, different locations. So, how exactly are we to quantify how these temperatures are being measured? Because a lot of the time... Most of the time, it's common practice to take the temperatures at the airports, which are all concrete with jet engines running, and then they get very high record, uh, recorded temperatures that, quote, break records, but they're measuring the airport at noon, and they're putting the monitors on the runway where the planes are taking off. And I'm not exaggerating or joking. That is how the temperatures are measured in some places. And I used to joke about that in cities like New York. I used to say, well, of course you can find higher carbon emissions when you go to a big city. 
Of course, you can find carbon emissions when you stick your detector up the tailpipe of a taxi in New York City. Of course, you're going to find. Well, it turns out that's that's not too far from how these carbon emissions and how temperatures are actually measured. Totally out of context. The way they measure temperatures and the way they measure carbon dioxide emission is the way in which PCR tests measure certain types of particles and the levels and the the amount of those particles in your body. And the higher you expand the cycle count of that PCR test, the more material you're going to see. The closer you put that little temperature detector to an airplane engine on a tarmac at noon in one of the hottest cities in the country like Phoenix, you're going to get some pretty hot temperatures. But guess what? If you've ever been in a city and you've touched concrete, I'm sure everybody's done that at one point or another, or you've touched a metal seatbelt, you, you, you know that the metal seatbelt or the concrete isn't necessarily the same temperature as the air. So the, the concrete might, and we, we used to do this when I lived in Florida. I've done this a couple times. You can, you can literally fry an egg on the sidewalk some places. That's a real thing. But that doesn't mean that the skin is going to burn off of your body. It's not like touching a skillet where you're frying an egg and then touching a skillet and your, and your skin fries off. But that doesn't stop the Atlantic big news publication. This was a few months ago. Big news publication from the Atlantic. They said, quote, heat waves hot enough to cook human flesh are already happening. And they will become more common over the coming decades, striking multiple times a year. These words they use striking. The heat wave is striking like it's a conscious entity. Well, I guess they are conscious entities because now there's a, an attempt to name heat waves like we name hurricanes. Let's anthropomorphize the heat waves. Name the heat waves. So it's more personal. Damn that heat wave, Charlie. I could have died because of the temperature. So Europe is having heat waves. BuzzFeed says people are freaking out. Are they? Would people be freaking out if the media didn't point out that it was hot, regardless of what the temperature was? You know, very few people here in Tucson are freaking out about the temperature. Doesn't matter what their politics are. And maybe inside, you know, if you had a conversation with them and you talk to them, they might have an, an opinion on it. But when you get up in the morning living someplace that's hot, whether you grew up in Florida like I did, or you lived even in Boise, Idaho. It gets cold there, but it also gets about a hundred and it's like a hundred and something there today, yesterday. Or in places like you know Tucson, you, you get used to the heat, just like you kind of. I mean, I don't, but you kind of get used to the cold if you live in a cold place, right? That's a normal thing. Some people just everybody's body's really different, and you know, so some people don't adapt as well. But for BuzzFeed and others to suggest things like, here's another one, Yahoo News. It's not tolerable anymore. Southwest residents endure more severe heat thanks to climate change. People are freaking out, says BuzzFeed. Nobody's freaking out. I mean, yeah, sure. Hot weather, cold weather, people individually and collectively act differently. But they're, they're acting as if and they're suggesting and implying that for a, for a lot of people, most of you don't live in the American Southwest. 
So you, you don't realize it's, it's usually pretty hot. You don't live in Phoenix. So you don't realize it's usually pretty hot. Now, here's the thing. Even if the temperatures like in the UK are a few degrees hotter than they've been recorded before, once again, when was that recorded recording taken? How long does that record go back? And where was that recording, recording taken? Because if the, for example, if you take a recording, let's say, in the countryside, and the temperature comes out to be 100 degrees, let's keep it simple. This is just an example. And then if you go back to the countryside in 10 years and you take a temperature reading there and it's 100 degrees again and that doesn't align with your viewpoint, your ideology, your politics, you want that temperature reading to be higher because you've been telling people the planet and human flesh is burning. So you decide, well, the temperature is the same there. It might even be a little cooler we need to find somewhere that's hotter than where we've normally been recording it. So what do you do? You go find a really hot place. You go to an airport and you stick your thermometer up against a jet, a jet engine on a tarmac when the sun is the highest in the sky on a non-cloudy day. And I mean that figuratively, but they, they really do go to airports and take the temperatures on the tarmacs, which is one of the hottest places in a city you can go to take the temperatures. And then they're like, oh, look, it's actually 104 today, not 100. It's hotter than it was 10 years ago. Yeah, but where did you take these recordings at? You know how the Centers for Disease Control and the World Health Organization redefined what a pandemic was? They've redefined what a vaccine is. I don't care what your point of view is on vaccines, COVID, or any of that stuff, but it is true that the World Health Organization, the CDC, they redefined and and cooperated each other in redefining what a vaccine was and what a pandemic was, and even before the COVID-19 pandemic. This is precisely what's happening here. They're redefining how temperatures are taken and temperatures are read. Giving you the impression that there's some irreversible change occurring, when the fact is there, there really is such a thing as global warming. I am not disputing that. There really is global warming. But there's different forms of global warming. If you go to the World Economic Forum's website right now, I would do it right now because I'm sure after I mention this and a few other people catch on to this, it's going to be gone. This is from June 2022. This space bubble shield could counter the effects of climate change by reflecting the sun's rays. I thought that was totally made up fiction. But apparently it's not. A group of MIT researchers are exploring the possibility of floating frozen bubbles made of a thin film above Earth to reflect the sun's rays. They call it space bubbles. Now that sounds fun. It's like that little fish or that shrimp from uh, Finding Nemo. My bubbles. Bubbles, 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 space bubbles, my space bubbles. So they've got the space bubbles they want to have built by robots in space to literally block out the sun. And according to the head of MIT's Sensible City Lab, this is a quote, geoengineering might be our final and only option. And then if you scroll down, there's recommended articles to read. Scientists have proposed three colossal geoengineering projects to slow polar melting. Will geoengineering end the debate over climate change? 
how climate change could make some areas of Earth uninhabitable by 2500. Of course, if we don't act and use geoengineering to make those parts of the Earth habitable again. Now, what they don't tell you on the World Economic Forum website is heat waves are no higher nor are they any lower in frequency or intensity than they have been at any point since the beginning to the midpoint to the three quarters of a point into the 1940s. So basically, all throughout the 1930s, heat waves were more common. Since then, they've dropped and then climbed, dropped, 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 climbed, dropped, climbed, dropped. Through the 60s, 70s, into the 80s, they were very low. Then they spiked in the 80s, went down, spiked again in the mid-80s, went down, spiked a lot in the early 90s, and then went down again. And they've been very low. They went down in the early 2000s, again in 2005. Then they went up. I'm looking at the EPA's chart, by the way. This is from the Environmental Protection Agency. And then they spiked in 2010. And now they've dropped down substantially. And where they are as of now are no higher than they were in 2010 through 2012. And if you look at this, I don't know the exact, uh, the exact percentage, but if you get a ruler, you could look it up. If you're looking at this chart, the, the heat wave index is like, right now, it is like 0.2 compared to the 30s when it was 1.2 to 1.3. The 1930s had way more and way more intense heat waves than we do today, this chart from the, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, not only shows, demonstrates, and proves that, it absolutely abolishes, it diminishes, it destroys, it obliterates, it decimates. BuzzFeed and Axios and Yahoo News and all these publications, people are freaking out. They can't take the heat. Oh, my God, it's the hottest it's ever been. A heat wave's killing thousands of people. Well, you're missing three important pieces of information. Number one, I've recapped twice tonight, so I'm not going to do it again. But the question is, where and how are the temperatures being recorded? The second question to ask is, who is dying in the heat? 1,900 people in Spain and Portugal, are they dying from the heat or are they dying from other things and it's being blamed on the heat? Let me give you an example. Since I moved here to Tucson, and when I lived here before, I've seen half a dozen people on the side of the road being treated by EMTs. Now, once in a while, someone has a heat stroke. That's pretty normal, but it doesn't happen a lot because even if you're homeless, you know you don't stand in direct sunlight for 12 hours a day and expect not to die, even if you're adapted to it, with no water, no air conditioning, no shade. So you'll find that a lot of panhandlers actually take turns. And down the road from me, there's a, there's a bridge for the interstate. And uh, most of the homeless people stay under the bridge in the shade during the day. And they take turns coming out and panhandling. I don't know for how many hours, but they take turns because they know it's, it's hot. Here's the issue, though. Usually, and there's a story like this, too. I saw this in the local news a couple months ago when I first moved here. It was like, oh, Oh, there's people dying on the street from, from the intense heat. Well, actually, it turns out that that person they said died of intense heat died of a drug overdose. I saw a guy carrying a crack pipe. Seen two people actually carrying a crack pipe in the last two weeks here. Just walking down the road carrying a crack pipe like it's a, 
like it's a pair of sunglasses or it's a, a coffee or a, 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 a beverage or a snack. It's like, yeah, there's my crack pipe. Yeah, how you doing? Hey there. And they just wave at you with the crack pipe in their hand. Hey, how you doing? Big fan of Hunter Biden over here. So who's dying? And do they count the people? Serious question. Do they count the people who are overdosing, who can't move on the side of the street, who are exposed to extreme temperatures? Not abnormal temperatures, normal temperatures, but who have been, you know, overdosing on drugs, who have done God knows what else to themselves who don't have water or haven't eaten in three days, but they shot up with whatever. When then when those people die, well, they died outside, so they must have died from heat. See, this is exactly what mainstream media and exactly what the medical communities did with COVID-19. Oh my God, a 300 pound guy. He's got heart disease and cancer and diabetes, and he's got all these problems. He just had a stroke. He must've died from COVID. No, he died from coronary heart disease. He, he died from having a stroke and losing brain functionality. He, he died because his body couldn't regulate his blood sugar. He died because of a lot of reasons that are based on almost exclusively personal choices. Whether you, they're, you're aware of it or not, the, the bottom line is those things are preventable and reversible, and that's been known for decades. This isn't a shameful thing. This is a question of if someone is extremely overweight, we've been told vaccines don't work on them, right? So if they're extremely overweight, vaccines don't work. Why would vaccines not work? Because they're still getting sick. They're not getting sick from the from the virus. They're getting sick from other things. So are they dying because of a virus or are they dying while testing positive for a virus? This is exactly how the temperatures are added up, how they're checked and how they are recorded. Just like PCR tests, the temperatures are amplified based on where they're found, just like a PCR test. So where and how are they being checked and monitored, where these temperatures, like airports, just like PCR tests, amplifying the signals, the, 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 the cycles, in order to get the result that you want? Who is dying in the heat? Who's dying in the heat? It's not people with air conditioners. And if they are dying in the heat, are they dying from the heat? Are they dying from uh, exposure or something else? And the third big question is, why exactly are we focusing on heat deaths and heat waves when heat waves are at a, well, you could look at this chart from, the, from 1890 and you could suggest a century plus low. I say suggest because you could isolate any part of the chart and suggest based on that part of the chart that temperatures are rising. Like, for example, if I isolate 1988 roughly to 1992, huge spike. But then it goes down again. It drops to basically nothing in 1995. So why are we focused on heat waves and why are we focused on heat deaths? Or are you saying those people's lives don't matter? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, why are we focused on heat deaths when cold deaths take far more lives every single year? This isn't even a question, let alone a question that's asked and implied uncomfortably and nobody wants to answer it because it doesn't fit into the narrative. Virtually nobody is asking this question. I've heard the 
environmentalist Bjorn Lomberg. He's been an advocate for asking these kinds of questions and for he wrote a book called False Alarm. He is a believer in global warming and he even believes in carbon taxes to some extent. But he does not believe in the restrictions and the taking away of, of animals and nitrogen fertilizers and because he looks at things from a statistical and a, a, a point of view that determines or, or hopes to determine what will life be if all the hysteria is true, what is going to happen in the next hundred years or so. And if you look at the data, the data shows us that climate change in the worst case scenario, will reduce our welfare. That means standards of living, luxury that we that we have. If we do nothing, climate change, and in the worst case scenario, climate change is going to reduce our welfare to over four hundred percent. Can you? I can't even comprehend what that means. A four hundred and thirty-four percent increase with climate change reducing welfare over the next hundred years, roughly. That's quite a bit. In other words, we will be wealthier, healthier, hopefully healthier, wealthier, healthier, and more well-off in a hundred years, even with climate change, in the worst-case scenarios, therefore doing something to stop it such as shutting down the economy and destroying small businesses and destroying big businesses and grinding to a halt to replace everything with inefficient means of electricity generation, which ultimately means there's no electricity at all. This is the stone. These, these people have to be aliens. And rather than bombing us into the Stone Age, they're legislating us and terrifying us into demanding legislation, into demanding that we use our own system to enslave us. So there's nothing, nothing. You don't have access to anything. You own nothing and you're happy about it. So why are they focused on these types of things when cold deaths are nine times higher on average than heat deaths? So I decided to look up, since they're telling us it's so hot in the UK and it's so hot in Texas, some places hitting 115 degrees, Okay, so I looked up the hottest temperature ever recorded in the UK. It was negative 27 degrees. I looked up the hottest temperature ever recorded in Texas. Negative 23 degrees. Do those temperatures not matter? You might think, well, you're missing the point, Ryan. No, I don't think I'm missing the point. I think I'm hitting the point dead center. If that high temperature matters, the low temperature should matter too. The low temperature should matter just as much as the high temperature. But it's not global cooling anymore. It's global warming. So the cold temperature eliminated. Just like the IPCC eliminated the medieval warm period from a roughly 800 to 13 or 1400 AD because it conflicted with their projections. So reality and facts and historical data conflicted with their computer models and their projections that, once again, just like COVID-19 were just predictions based on computer models. It's the same exact scam. They're based on computer models. Millions are going to die if COVID-19 doesn't happen. I mean, they had tens of millions in the UK were going to die. It doesn't happen. It was just a computer model. 
And this is the same thing with climate change. The computer models say this and that. Well, yes, they could say whatever you program them to say. In fact, I read this on another show that we did. Professor Chris Folland of the Hadley Center for Climate Prediction and Research once said, the data doesn't matter. We're not basing our recommendations on the data. We're basing them on the climate models. Literally admitting proudly and declaring proudly that facts and data do not matter. We're basing our recommendations, which now are demands, on climate models. Data doesn't matter. We're basing what we're doing on models. Computer programs. David Frame, a climate modeler from Oxford University and a doctor, said, quote, the models are convenient fictions that provide something very useful. Paul Watson, co-founder of Greenpeace, said, it doesn't matter what is true. It only matters what people believe is true. So when these people speak or they publish a paper or they write a book, what they're telling you is the policy. We don't rely on facts or data. This is the age of postmodernism. Climate models are what we wish to see occur. At least we want the public to believe that they're going to occur. In order to, since none of this is true, use the fiction to provide something very useful, which is the total and absolute control of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. This sounds like some form of sci-fi alien invasion movie, does it not? And you all know the Club of Rome about their threat of global warming as a means by which to hold society together, that the threat, not the actuality of global warming, but the threat of global warming, water shortage and famine would fit the bill. And now, it's not a climate emergency like some have been reporting the last 24 hours, but the President of the United States last night or yesterday morning said that he has two new plans to combat climate change. These are new actions to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The White House also, to coincide with the president's speech yesterday, released a fact sheet with two measures to adapt to climate change. Here are the measures. FEMA is announcing $2.3 billion in funding to, quote, help communities increase resilience to heat waves, drought, wildfires, flood, hurricanes, and other hazards, end quote. And the Department of Health and Human Services is issuing guidance to allow the low-income home energy assistant program to be used by local governments for home air conditioning equipment, community cooling centers, and more. Now, why exactly do we need the community cooling centers? Because of policies that have led to people being in mass homeless on the street. Or because of a cultural degeneration wherein living on the street is an acceptable thing, and for some people it's a desired thing. And for a lot of people, most people, it's a drug thing. And in some cases, it truly is a laziness thing. It's a, it's a true definition of what it means to be a bum. Not all homeless people, by far. I used to be homeless. 
but there's a lot of different ways to, 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 to break it down. It's not black and white. So these cooling centers would be basically subsidized centers where people would go get free air conditioning while your power is rationed and the power that you do get is two, three, four times the cost. And part of the reason it's rationed is because there isn't enough production to align with the demand because once you plug your electric car in, your power bill is going to triple or quadruple. The electricity has to come from somewhere. So these are either the the dumbest smart people ever, or they're not dumb at all. They're very smart, and they're playing dumb, and they're playing we care about the environment to do something grossly insidious. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Wait till you hear what I have to share with you when we come back from break. Stay with us and we'll get to it. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info this is linda godfrey author of monsters among us and you are listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable broadcasting from somewhere between heaven hell and purgatory it's the secret teachings on ground zero radio release the kraken you could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the phone. 
followed back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening to the show around the world. In the Secret Teachings Archive, GroundZero.radio, Talkstream Live, the Paranormal Radio app. Thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you who ha- are having some trouble on the, uh, the Talkstream Live or the uh, Paranormal Radio app, I have uh, spoken to them. They assured me the problem was fixed, and then there's another issue. So if there's any issues on those two applications, it's way easier to use Aftermath, the Aftermath app that you listen maybe to Clyde's show on, or just go to groundzero.radio. You can even save that to uh, your home screen because they're trying to figure out the issue. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but again, I needed to address that because a lot of people have emailed me. Otherwise, you can get access to the show in the archive at thesecretteachings.info access to all the shows without monetized ads you get montages as well early access to the show a private rss feed for your player so you don't have the ads but you still get the updated show just visit www.thesecretteachings.info subscribe today to support the show you are the only thing that keeps us on air subscribing buying a book if you don't support us we're not here monday through friday 10 p.m to midnight pacific after ground zero and i mean that sincerely we have no advertisements uh, that are played during this show from people that are paying us. We have nobody that is uh, handing us money to talk about certain things. We have an open platform here, thanks to Ground Zero. Thanks to all of you that support Clyde and the Secret Teachings. And we, we can talk about whatever we want. But that means that we are also listener-supported. So thank you so much for those of you who have supported the show. And for those of you who haven't, I encourage you to check out our website even if you support our affiliate sponsors like Pro One Water Filters, I think it would be a, a great benefit to you. www.thesecretteachings.info So, record temperatures, we're told, in the UK. 104 degrees. Previous to that, it was 101.6, roughly. Closer to 102. Now, that's not a huge difference, but the question really is, when is that record going back to? Is it going back to the 90s, early 20th century? And is that record for that specific day? Is it for that specific time that they measured it? Is that time uh, and that day specific? Are they separate? How exactly is this being determined? And furthermore, where are the temperatures being recorded? Are they recording them in the countryside or are they recording them in a city where it's normally hotter? Because the heat doesn't have, there's a lot of heat generated. There's not a lot of places for the heat to go. Cities are usually hotter. Airports are usually hotter than cities. It's usually the hottest part of a city. So if you go to the airport and you test the temperature, you're going to find it's higher on the tarmac where the planes take off. And that is in fact and indeed what usually happens. All of these questions are necessary to understand the ruse and the scam 
to understand the deception and the gaslighting. And in order to override it, we need to understand the methods and the techniques that are used to implement it in the first place, to impress upon our minds and our bodies and our souls and our consciousness these things that they wish us to believe. And by they, I'll give you some names. Paul Watson, co-founder of Greenpeace. It doesn't matter what is true. It only matters what people believe is true, quote unquote, in regard to climate change. Professor Chris Falland, the data doesn't matter. We're not basing our recommendations on the data. We're basing them on the climate models. And as Dr. David Frame of Oxford University said, the models are convenient fictions that provide something very useful. Yes, a means by which to justify totalitarian control mechanisms and draconian laws. That's what it allows for. These climate projections are like the COVID projections. 50 million are going to die in the UK. Doesn't happen. The public is terrified, though. And then the SPIB says, psychologists working with the government, we use the data to manipulate people and they became too scared. This smacks of totalitarianism, one of the psychologists said, working on the project for the government. It was all an exercise in behavioral psychology. So where are the temps being recorded? How are they being recorded? And is it not possible that they could be amplified by location, by time, and by context of the record, just like PCR tests are adjusted to have larger cycle counts? If you have a cycle count of 45, you can find anything in the body. When you run it like it's supposed to be run at about 32 or 33, even according to the God Almighty, Dr. Fauci, it's a lot harder to find those particles in the body. That's according to the guy that invented the test. What I'm saying is the way they record temperatures and the way they provide you with these records of the most, the most extreme heat, the hottest day, this, that, it's like amplifying the PCR test to a higher cycle count. Just like we are told all of these people have died of COVID, but then when you look at the death statistics overall, it's a teeny tiny percentage. And of that teeny tiny percentage, 95% of that teeny tiny percentage died of additional comorbidities, like four other comorbidities, like things that people would normally be dying of, like heart disease. So are they dying of COVID or are they dying of heart disease? Same thing with heat. Are people dying of heat? Or are they dying of things like being homeless, not having access to shelter? Or are they dying from being homeless and strung out on drugs, laying on the side of the road like people do in Tucson? And then the paramedics get called out to check out what the hell is going on with this drugged out zombie on the side of the road. And then when they die, everybody says, oh, they died of the heat. No, they died because they had taken large doses of fentanyl. They died because they were exposed to drugs that stopped their heart. That's why they died. Now, that's just one example. But the point is very, very important to address. The context is very, very important to provide. Who is dying? And how are they dying? It's 
largely and exclusively homeless people. And a large portion of those people are dying because of drug use and because of behaviors that are unsavory and uncivil. Ignorance, etc. How is it being recorded? Why is it being recorded in some places differently than others, the temperatures, just like PCR tests? Who is dying in the heat? Are they dying of heat or are they dying of something else that's being blamed on the heat? Just like all the COVID models, the climate models predict these horrible things that never come true. We've been told since the 40s and 50s about all these terrible climatic changes. None of these predictions come true. Resources are not out. We actually have more resources today than we've ever had. There's a lot of reasons for that. Doesn't make sense at first until you realize, well, we find new ways to extract those resources. We find new ways to recycle those resources. We find more ways to be efficient with those resources. So if we had 100 pounds of something, to keep it real simple, and if we used a pound every year for 100 years, yeah, we'd, we wouldn't have any more in 100 years. But we adapt. We learn ways to recycle what we've used. We learn ways to take less and to use less overall to be more efficient with what we take so that 100 years might extend to 400 years now. And by the time we get there, we'll have even more than that because we might uh, we might find a new way to, to make something that doesn't require that resource anymore. This speaks to the ingenuity and the adaptability of the human mind and the human species and the human race. Those that speak in denigrating, demeaning, and dismissive terms to human ingenuity and adaptability do not like humans. They're ideology and mindset is not far removed from your favorite science fiction film about an extraterrestrial invasion. They are not much different than the aliens in the the Twilight Zone. They're not much different. Why are we focused on heat waves? That's all you hear this week. Heat wave, heat wave, heat wave, heat wave, heat all they're killing people. Okay, hold on a second. Two questions. What kills more people every year? Heat or cold? The answer is a, a, a resounding cold kills way more people. It's like at least nine times more people die of cold every year than heat. So let's just use the number that they've given us in the media the last couple of days. Portugal, Spain, 1,900 people they they estimate then if you read the article from axios down at the bottom it says this story was updated with a revised estimate on the number of heat related deaths allow me to circle that give me three seconds i didn't have that circled before an estimate on the number of heat related deaths so it's not even an exact number it's an estimate of of recorded deaths just like the climate models are they actually piling up 1,900 bodies in Spain and Portugal, or are they estimating 1,900 people died? Because that's a big difference. Are these people dying because they don't have air conditioners, or are they dying because they're homeless and pumping themselves full of drugs on the street, or because they're ignorant and they don't know how to drink water, and they don't know how to take care of themselves, and they don't know how to get shade or shelter? These are important questions. These are important questions contextual pieces of information and data that you need. But like Professor Chris Fallen said, the data doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. Literally, we just look at the climate models. That's what we believe in. That's that is a sign of a cult. 
Look up the definition of a cult, not occult, but a cult. A cult and their belief system and their leader or leaders is comprised of people that when you question the leader or leaders and you question what they believe, they will defend absolutely that belief despite the evidence presented to prove that they're wrong, despite the contrary information provided, despite the abuse they might be suffering, that is a cult. We don't believe in the data. We believe in the models because the the models are God. We believe in the models. So here we go. 1,900 people in Spain and Portugal, but these are just estimates, revised estimates. They had to revise them because they were wrong the first time. So my question is, cold kills at least nine times as many people. Nine times as many people. That means, do the math, you know, if you want to do the math here, what is 1,900 times nine? Off the top of my head, I'm not Matilda, but what if, we, if it was 2,000, it'd be nine times two, it'd be, be 18,000, and then you take 100 off nine times, it'd be like, what, 17,100 or something like that? So like 17,000. So if, if 1,900 people in Spain and Portugal died, in contrast, 17,000 people will die because of cold deaths. And in fact, those numbers aren't exactly correct because warming will actually save more lives every year. The Lancet estimates 166,000 lives saved every year from increased temperatures where they are increasing. But see, here's another interesting thing that needs to be addressed. All these climate-related deaths, it's happening, says mainstream and all other forms of news. It's happening right now. Okay, deaths are happening. But the big question is, how does this match up with historical data on these climate deaths? Well, once again, if we go back to the 1920s, 1930s, floods, droughts, storms, wildfires, extreme temperatures killed about a half a million people a year, roughly. 1920s, 1930s, it was somewhere around 400 and say 30, 40, 50,000 to 500,000, roughly. That chart, if you, if you chart it, if you graph it, according to the International uh, Disaster Database, that chart declines, 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 and hits a bottom in the year 1975. And then it levels off and increases a tiny bit in the 80s, and then it drops again into the mid-90s, and then it drops again and again, And in 2020 to 2021, roughly, the number of people that die every year are somewhere around 10,000. And in the next couple of years, that number is expected to decrease even further. So more people die of cold, and there are more people dying in, in the history books from climate disasters than are dying today or dying in the projected models for the future. Because the facts don't matter. They say the data doesn't matter. What matters is the climate models. They worship the climate models. Now, yesterday, the President of the United States gave a speech. A lot of people thought he was going to declare a climate emergency. He didn't. I think they're setting the stage for this. And I think the climate emergency is also a way to trigger fear in the population so that we accept other equally disturbing 
developments in the climate change political arena. So what they've done is the White House has released a fact sheet with two new measures. The, the, the Federal Emergency Management Agency is announcing $2.3 billion in funding to help communities increase resilience to heat waves, drought, wildfires, flood, hurricanes, and other hazards. Um, we've done that without allocation of additional money, just with human ingenuity and adaptability. The Department of Health and Human Services is issuing guidance to allow the low-income home energy assistant program to be used by local governments for home air conditioning equipment, community cooling centers, and more. Community cooling centers. You get to subsidize community cooling centers for people that are largely on the street because of policies that are enacted in local governments by these very same people that want to install the community cooling centers. So then you and your family can go down there to get cooling because you can't afford it at home because energy costs have gone through the roof or because you plugged your electric car in. Now you can't afford to run your air conditioning. I'm not the only one that understands this or gets this. You're not the only one that understands or gets this. In fact, here's a clip of Representative Thomas Massey talking to the transportation. I, I don't think that this guy is is anything, but the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg. Take a listen to this. He's he's it's it's not even sarcastic. It's just like, hey, do you understand what happens to electricity costs and what happens to electricity usage when you plug these electric cars into the home? The average uh, household uses 17 percent of their electricity for air conditioning. And um, that would mean the average household uses one thousand eight hundred and seventy kilowatt hours per year for air conditioning. If that average household plugged in electric cars, do you know how much more electricity they would use in comparison to the air conditioning that air conditions their whole house? No, but again, I would emphasize it. Will well, let be me help. Less you. Let me help you overall. with that first before we go on, because the numbers are important. It would take four times as much electricity to charge the average household's cars as the average household uses on air conditioning. Do you think that could be? So if we reach the goal by 2030 that Biden has of a 50 percent adoption instead of 100 percent adoption, that means the average household would use twice as much electricity charging one of their cars as they would use for all of the air conditioning that they use for the entire year. So twice as much air conditioning to charge one of their electric cars as it would normally cost to run the air conditioning for an entire year. Um, four times as much electricity to charge the average household's car as the average household uses on air conditioning. And how does this transportation secretary respond to all this? Well, the same way that he's responded before about it. All the pain we're experiencing, it's good. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. What an arrogant, disconnected, dishonest, blatantly disregarding. I mean, that, that is on the level of George Bush going to a grocery store and not knowing what a checkout line was because he's never bought his own groceries. This guy is literally saying pain at the pump and pain on your your electric bill, the pain that you're feeling from energy costs is a good thing because it helps people who have electric cars. In other words, what he's saying is the people that can afford the electric cars, which usually have money, who could afford the gas anyway, regardless of what the cost per gallon was, 
the people that have these cars tend to be wealthier. And this guy is sitting there telling you it's good that you as a poorer person have to pay more because it's helping the rich people. Isn't that totally contrary to the Democrat liberal line that they care about the average person? But this is the official policy of the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. It's the official stance of the White House. And if you can't afford it, just go to a community cooling center. Wouldn't be surprised if it's just like, you ever seen that Family Guy episode where, where uh, Quagmire dresses like the priest and he puts up the sign or something around his house? It's like it's a women's shelter in the hurricane. That's, that's what this is. It's a cooling center. Come get free electricity, free air conditioner. It's great. And then the sign falls over and you hear, woo, 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 woo. Train, train rides off into the night. Woo, woo. Can't do a, a train thing. You can laugh at me. My, my, my voice is cracking a little bit, actually. Woo, woo. I can't do it. I don't know why. But anyway, that's what, that's what happens. My voice is deep. It's not, high, it's not high pitched. It's a deep voice. So they're not going to declare the national climate emergency yet. But here's something I found really interesting. This was on Tuesday that a bunch of news publications and uh, the White House was suggesting and there were politicians talking about it. What would happen if there was a national climate emergency? Now, a lot of this started because Senator Joe Manchin announced that he would not vote for a bill addressing climate change unless inflation slows. So because of that, well, he's been ruthlessly attacked by the media, as you could imagine. And he's a Democrat, but he doesn't buy into the climate change narrative for economic reasons. And uh, as a result of that, he has been called a bunch of uh, terrible names. And one person said that his, uh, his legacy was being written as the, quote, man who burned the earth. Yes, Joe Manchin is the man who burned the earth. I've got I've got no skin in the Joe Manchin game, but I can tell you that he seems to be a, a reasonable person, at least on this. He, he, he doesn't want to drive prices up higher. He's worried about inflation. He wants to shrink the national debt. And he's worried about the economic burden that it will place on further, you know, further future generations, which, of course, the response to that is what's climate change going to do to your kids and your grandkids, Joe Manchin? You're trying to kill them. Just this hysterical, nonsensical, emotional uh, freak attitude. So, in response to Joe Manchin not supporting the legislation, once again, this is the second time he's done it, the media goes into full overdrive. And here's what one article says, and this is precisely what the White House is contemplating. What exactly would a declaration of a national climate emergency look like? I'm going to read this directly from the article. A formal declaration would open up new possibilities for unilateral action by the executive branch to combat climate change, including halting U.S. exports of crude oil and halting offshore drilling. Biden could even redirect military funding to the construction of renewable energy projects much as former President Donald Trump diverted more than $18 billion in Pentagon funding to build a wall on the U.S. border with Mexico. I love how they throw that in there. And impose trade penalties on countries that permit deforestation, such as destruction of the Amazon rainforest in Brazil. Uh, side note, not only does CO2 make the Earth greener, but the Earth is actually greener today than it has been in a very long time because of CO2. 
And because of the stomata, I think they're called, of the plants that retain more water when there's carbon dioxide, which means there's less drought. And because of uh, replanting programs and because of other things that we don't hear about, there's 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 like four percent of the planet is is the brown apocalyptic dystopian nightmare that they tell you about. But green on this planet has grown exponentially in the last few decades. They don't tell you that, though, because that destroys the whole narrative. And this is this is science. This is the EPA. This is this is the. uh, the international, um, what was the database called for the climate-related deaths? The International uh, Disaster Database. It's the Lancet. It's just major publications. Boom, 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 boom. And then they admit thousands of people dying of heat waves, but this, this is just an estimate. Well, then it's not thousands of people dying. You put that in the headline. You're estimating thousands of people are going to die. Now, I don't know if you caught it, but when I read you that, potential declaration of climate emergency they said halting u.s exports of crude oil and halting offshore drilling you don't have to be a coal head you don't have to be a a lover of fossil fuels you don't have to be in you know you're in bed with the coal industry huh? you don't have to be any of those things you just you just need at least one just one brain cell functioning to understand that when you shut down pipelines and you halt imports and exports and you halt offshore drilling and before that you prevent further permits for drilling, uh, largely due to speculation and how the market works, that will destroy the economy. And that seems to be the goal. Because, you know, as... Booty Gig says. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. It's all about electric vehicles. Somehow that electricity has to be generated. You get rid of oil and natural gas and other cheap, efficient ways of producing gas than are producing, you know, energy. You're going to have a really big problem. I don't think these people understand how food gets produced, take away the nitrogen, take away the carbon dioxide. It's like they're aliens. They don't like carbon. They don't like nitrogen. They, they just don't like anything that is human. They don't even like the sun. They want to, The World Economic Forum wants to block the sun out. They, got, they have to be aliens. I, I don't know what else to call them. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. We're going to get into this presidential emergency powers guide that came out from the Center for Biological Diversity and how it aligns directly with what the White House is proposing the president do in regard to a national climate emergency. Stay with us. There's more after this. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? 
complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. So if you want a better example of how think tanks and international organizations influence politics and influence the current state of affairs in the United States and in your country, you really couldn't find a better example than what I'm about to share with you tonight. Two days ago, on Tuesday the 19th, news outlets started publishing stories about what it would mean if the White House declared a national climate emergency. What would that mean for the country? What would that mean for the president? What powers would he acquire, etc.? That was in response to Senator Joe Manchin once again blocking climate spending legislation because he says that he doesn't want it to add to the national debt. He's worried about inflation and higher prices, and he doesn't want this economic burden to be passed on to future generations. That sounds like fiscal conservative ideology. I can get on board with Democratic Senator Joe Manchin. The problem is, this is how it used to be. We, we, we could get along regardless of what our politics were. They don't like Joe Manchin so much that the Democratic Party is actually talking about expelling him from the party. That's how bad they hate Joe Manchin. I thought it was vote blue no matter who. I guess that doesn't 
matter anymore. And what it means is there is no Democratic Party anymore. There are people that are rabid, that hate America and hate humans based on their actions that tell you the cost of living going up and the cost of gas. That is an important thing that you need to deal with because rich people are getting a benefit at the pump. You don't believe me. Listen again. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. Yes, rich, wealthy people like you and Cortez, who can't even park her Tesla in a parking spot at the Whole Foods and has to pull up on the curb because she's borderline not fully developed in her brain. And yet these people tell us how inclusive and loving and how beautiful everything is. And this guy, you know, if this here's the thing, if this guy spent more time looking at the numbers proposed to him by Representative Thomas Massey, Maybe he would understand that if you plug these electric cars into your home, it's going to draw two, three, four times much electricity, which has to be generated through something. It isn't going to be inefficient wind or solar power. And that that electricity that you're generating is going to put a greater strain on the grid. You're talking about if everybody has these cars, you're talking about doubling at minimum the electricity output. Where in places like Texas, they're being told to cut back on their carbon emissions through the power plants by the EPA, which is what caused largely the, the blackout that led to people dying during that winter storm a couple of years ago. I've got the paper from the EPA telling them to turn off the power when they had the ability to keep the power on. And they still blame that whole thing on climate change, despite the irony of people dying in cold weather, which is, well, that's how most people actually die from temperatures every year it's from cold weather so because of joe manchin the white house and it's not really the white house and the president though it's not really the president they have discussed a declaration of emergency now this is what the activists want this is what the climate change extinction rebellion greta thunberg and al gore people want they want total and absolute compliance with their climate change agenda and narrative. There's no arguing. There's no debating. There's no time for facts. We have the models, and that's what you need to listen to. And that's not my opinion. That is a, well, that's a quote from Professor Chris Fallen from the Hadley Center for Climate Prediction and Research. The data doesn't matter. We're not basing our recommendations on the data. We're basing them on the climate models, just like COVID-19 case and death statistics, which are largely inflated for a lot of reasons, one of those reasons is assumption. Just like Axios published an article on the 20th of July yesterday saying that the 1,900 people that died in Spain and Portugal was just an estimate. Maybe only 1,800 people died, but um, you should put that in the headline at least. It's just an estimate that many people didn't actually die. So the White House says there's two things we can do. The president could halt U.S. exports of crude oil and halt offshore drilling. And that might just sound like uh, some crazy climate change stuff that they want the president and the, and the Congress to, to get on board with. Some crazy stuff that Joe Manchin's like, nah, I'm not going to support that. I believe in cutting down the cost of living in Reducing inflation and not leaving a giant bill for our children. So 
where do these ideas come from? Well, funny enough, there's a publication from February of this year called The Climate President's Emergency Powers, a large, uh, very large uh, 50-something page uh, guide to bold climate action from President Biden. Now, this is a legal guide published by the Center for Biological Diversity. And this was not written by activists. This was not written by common folk. This was written by lawyers. And I'll share why in just a moment. If you flip open the 50-something page document, I'd be happy to send it to you. I have a copy downloaded to a hard drive, a backup drive, and my computer because things tend to disappear. And if this article, this piece, not a like a news article, but article as in you know, this PDF, is scrubbed from the Internet, I've got a copy of it. I've also got a physical copy of it because I'm not paranoid. I have a copy of this, and this is what it says. It says climate action and legal authorities to enforce those climate actions that they list. They list one, two, three, four, five of them. So it's like a, it's like a chart. Key climate emergency executive actions, climate action, and the next two at the legal authorities. So clearly the average person who thinks an executive order is a law handed down from the gods on Mount Olympus, they really are not responsible for writing this kind of thing. Lawyers are writing this kind of thing. Here are the five climate actions the president could take, they say. Halt crude oil exports. Now hold on a second. Halt crude oil exports. Isn't that just what the White House and a bunch of news outlets just said the president could do? A formal declaration would open up new possibilities for unilateral action by the executive branch to combat climate change, including halting U.S. exports of crude oil. I feel like it's a flashback. You know, it's like a, a, a dimly lit, maybe a black and white flashback. And then it changes back to reality. The flashback is they just told us in mainstream news the president might halt U.S. exports of crude oil. And then I switch over to the. Climate President's Emergency Powers, a legal guide for bold climate action from President Biden from the Center for Biological Diversity. Oh, it's so inclusive. Oh. And they say the first major step that the president could take is to halt crude oil exports. So where is the president? Where is the White House? Where are these climate czars getting their information from? They're not getting it from scientists working for the government. They're getting it from think tanks and organizations like the Center for Biological Diversity, which because they put a frog on their logo, they're supposed to care about animals and amphibians and all sorts of other life on this planet. It's freaking psychotic. Number two, stop oil and gas drilling in the outer continental shelf. Wait a minute. Flashback. A formal declaration would open up new possibilities for unilateral action by the executive branch to combat climate change, including halting U.S. exports of crude oil and halting offshore drilling. Wait a minute. Isn't that just what the climate president's emergency powers guide said? The first two climate actions are exactly what they just said two days ago in the media would occur if the president declares a national climate emergency. U.S. exports of crude oil would be halted and offshore drilling would be halted. And then you flip over to the key climate emergency executive actions in this disgusting propaganda from the Center for Biological Diversity written by a bunch of scumbag lawyers. And it literally says, well, what could the president do? Hmm. 
Now, we're not experts. We're not elected. We're not appointed. We're not in government. But the president could halt crude oil exports. We're just saying. And I guess the White House is like, hmm, yeah, that's good. We'll write that one down. We'll uh, halt exports. What's the next one you got? Stop oil and gas drilling. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll take that one, halt offshore drilling. So that's what the media tells you. But there's three more listed in this legal document. Well, it's not a legal document. It's a PDF, but it's a, it's a legal guide. So what do they say here? Restrict international trade and private investment in fossil fuels. Grow domestic manufacturing for clean energy and transportation to speed the nationwide transition off fossil fuels. Build resilient and distributed renewable energy systems in climate-vulnerable communities. They've tried that in the third world, and it doesn't work because the solar panels don't hold a charge. So you get electricity for a few hours, and then it goes out, and then people are upset, and they're like, hey, why can't we just have things like uh, gas and uh, coal like you burn elsewhere in the world? Why don't we get access to that? Because these agendas are fundamentally xenophobic, racist, sexist, and anti-human, which encompasses it all. They do not want the third world to get access to electricity unless they can control the amount and the location of that electricity and the usage of that electricity at what time of day, for how long, and for what purposes. And that is the same system since they don't have the systems of energy generation that we have in the first world, in the third world, or even from the second world, if you will, they don't really know what it's like elsewhere. They just know that the rest of the world has this. They, they would like it. So they get these alternative energies that are not efficient and don't provide them with the same level of, of a power generation. So without having the infrastructure for it, they're unable to go to the next step or the next level. So they accept what's given or they don't have anything at all. They don't progress into the next phase of, of uh, civil development. Now, for those of us who have these, these things, like we have power plants in our backyard, we have so much electricity, we don't know what to do with it. We just leave lights on all the time. We throw 40% of our food out. We, don't, we have it so good, we don't know what to do about it. And we have it so good, we don't know what to do about it. We, we sit here and we run around and we politicize everything and we demand that our abundance is taken away to save the planet. Totally ambiguous, no clear definition, except for the fact that leading climate scientists, leading government and non-governmental and international think tanks said it doesn't matter what is true. It only matters what people believe. That's Greenpeace. Oxford University professor, the models are convenient fictions that provide something very useful. The Club of Rome the common enemy of humanity is man and searching for a new enemy to unite us. We came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine and the like would fit the bill. The real enemy then is humanity itself. That's a quote. And it goes on and on and on, including Timothy Wirth, president of the UN Foundation. We've got to ride this global warming issue. Even if the theory of global warming is wrong, we will be doing the right thing in terms of economic and environmental policy. I thought it wasn't a theory. I thought that Global warming was a provable, indisputable fact that 99% of scientists or 97% of scientists agree. Not according to the people that really run the show. So where is the White House? Where is the president getting these ideas? And do people actually think like Joe Biden wakes up after he's done shaking hands with the air in multiple different you know, presentations and speeches and he turns around just, just like that disgusting sack of crap Chuck Schumer when he's just he goes over to the chair in the house and he's like, hey, 
He's talking. He's talking to somebody in the chair. Remember that video? And he's like pointing his finger and other people are looking at him. And they're like, what the hell is this guy doing? Why is he talking to the, the chair? Why is he, he's just shake. He's, he's yelling at the chair. There's, there's nothing there, but he's yelling at the chair, just like in the case of Joe Biden trying to shake hands that aren't there. Do you actually think that, <laughs> digressing, but do you actually think that that guy gets up and he's like, huh, we really have to, we have to do something about the climate, get some scientists in here. What can we do? And they're like, Mr. President, we've looked at all the data, all the science, everything all the facts, and we think the best thing that we can do is halt U.S. exports of crude oil. We should halt offshore drilling and some other things we'll talk about later. And Joe Biden's like, that sounds very scientific. It sounds perfect. That's what we need to do. Let's let the American people know what we're going to do. No, it's the climate president's emergency powers from the Center for Biological Diversity, the Club of Rome, the U.N., and professors at major universities that come in and they set it down on the desk like that. And they say, this is what we're going to do. If you don't do this, you get assassinated. Your family dies. We do something really terrible to the citizens. Or everything about your son comes out. Everything about you comes out because you're blackmailed and corrupt. Whatever the case is, there's some level of threat. There's some level of coercion. So they're like, okay, well, let's see what the Center for Biological Diversity wants. Well, they want to halt crude oil exports. Okay, let's put that in there. Stop oil and gas drilling. Okay, let's put that in there. Why am I finding talking points from the Center for Biological Diversity in our Republican form of representative government with officials that are supposed to be acting independently of these kinds of think tanks that have nothing but their own interests in mind, who, based on their own history and based on the history of those associated with them, hate humanity and even say, like the Club of Rome said, the real enemy then is humanity itself. That's a freaking quote. Or like one of the other guys from the Club of Rome, he said, we just want people to die slow and we hope it gets over with fast. He said that on video. I think Clyde played that a couple of weeks ago on his show on Ground Zero. Why am I finding these talking points in presidential decisions? Why? Why am I finding the same talking points? It's so frustrating because it's so clear what is happening. Restrict crude oil exports. Here's what it says. How could they do it? Well, the National Emergencies Act, Energy Policy, Conservation Act, 42 U.S. Code 62128D. Most people don't even know what that means. Be honest with you, until like two years ago, I didn't know what any of that. I knew U.S. Code. I didn't know how to look any of this stuff up. I've studied law for about two years now. I understand it, but the average person doesn't. That's not anybody's fault. It's really boring. It's not really interesting. So the point is, you don't know this. That's not your fault. Most people don't know this. It's not your fault. It's not my fault for not knowing this. But scumbag lawyers do know this, and they know how to take advantage of the law to advance their political or otherwise anti-human agenda. So they're like, the president could halt crude oil exports under the Energy Policy Conservation Act, 42 U.S. Code, Section 6212A. Did I say A to a second ago? I meant A. 6212A, subsection D. Who's coming up with this? It's not Greta Thunberg. She doesn't even know where a trash can is. She throws all of her plastic garbage in the back of her car. She's not coming up with this. These are scumbag lawyers coming up with this. People that are trying to undermine the rule of law coming up with this. Stop oil and gas drilling in the outer continental shelf. How could you do this? Well, they list Outer Continental Shelf Land Act, 43 U.S. Code, subsection A of section 1341. 
Also, under the National Emergencies Act, Outer Continental Shelf Lands 43 U.S. Code Section 134 Subsection G and Section 1341 Subsection C. These people mean business, man. Restrict international trade and private investment in fossil fuels. Back to the National Emergencies Act, International Emergency Economic Powers Act, 50 U.S. Code, Section 1701 and Section 1702. That's where your powers come from, Mr. President. Exercise them. Grow domestic manufacturing for clean energy and transportation to speed the nationwide transition off fossil fuels. Well, we could do that naturally. We don't use whale fat anymore for our lanterns. We've transitioned without this kind of unprecedented draconian overreach from climate zealots. We've done that naturally through adaptation, but now they want to do it rapidly. So there's pain, according to the Transportation Security Secretary. And they tell the president, you can do this with the Defense Production Act, Title I, 50 U.S. Code, Sections 4, 5, 1, 1, etc. Title III, 50 U.S. Code, Sections 4, 5, 3, 1. Title VII, 50 U.S. Code, Section 4, 5, 5, 1. Build resilient and distributed renewable energy systems in climate-vulnerable communities. Disaster Relief and Emergency Assistance Act, 42 U.S. Code, Sections 5170-5191. Mr. President, these are your directives. Do you understand? That's how these policies are made. It comes from the Center for Biological Diversity uh, to the point where it's taken verbatim. And this isn't like, Oh, it's a policy, you know, paper written by experts in the White House. No, this is not written by experts in the White House. This is written by the Center for Biological Diversity, uh, one of those World Wildlife Fund scams. You know, when they show you, oh, you get the, you get, oh, look, for ten dollars a month, you get a plush tiger and a tote bag, and everybody's like, oh, the tiger's so cute. Look, I could help the tigers. Is that the same World Wildlife Fund that told us we would be starving to death by 1990, and it turns out we have more food today? And more than double the people, and we throw 40% of it away? Is that the same World Wildlife Fund? Why would I give you $10 for a stuffed tiger? It probably has a microphone and a camera in it to listen to conversations in your home so they can report you to the Green Police, and the Department of Justice can come after you and prosecute you for green thought crimes. I don't know if I like solar panels. FBI busts down your door. If you didn't think it could get crazier than that, though, check, check this out. This is one of the funniest stories I've read in a long time. People Magazine, a bunch of others, Washington Post. UK movie theaters offer free tickets to vulnerable people during unprecedented heat wave. Oh, man, who are these vulnerable people? You'd think maybe homeless people. I don't know. Showcase Cinemas is offering one of the most vulnerable communities in Britain a respite from the country's record temperatures. The movie theater announced that, I'm going to save it for you, the specific group of people can catch a flick for free at UK locations Monday, July 18th, and Tuesday, July 19th. So Monday and Tuesday this week. Free tickets would be given out, and here is the advertisement. Free tickets for redheads on the hottest days ever! Exclamation mark. Researchers have found that people with the MCR1 gene, which causes red hair, pale skin, and freckles, are at a higher risk of skin cancer. That's according to a study in 2016 published by Nature Communications. So they, they're going to uh, give, uh, and they did give free tickets to redheads because redheads are more vulnerable to the sun. Cheap, stupid publicity stunt, but it shows you the asinine, foolish nature of this whole thing. I'll give, we're going to have free tickets to gay people and free tickets to redheads and free tickets to people with green eyes and 
I don't maybe just make the movie theater free for everybody for those two days. Uh, just I don't know if you believe in equality, that might be a good idea. Now, now, now it doesn't even matter if you have dark skin or not. Now it's just like isolating every genetic group. If you have red hair and freckles, you get a free movie ticket. But if you have red hair and no freckles, you have to pay for the ticket half price. Now, if you have freckles and no red hair, you got to pay full price. But if you have, you know, freckles and red hair, then you get the ticket for free. It's just like it's so unbelievable. But it just keeps getting better. The Los Angeles Times has reported in the last week, and I've been saving this article, California has a landfill problem with a green energy device. So California has, without any kind of restriction or any kind of like logical discussion or debate, they have plowed ahead. They laid reason down in the street or tied it to a train track and ran it over several billion times. And there's there's nothing left of the body. Reason is totally dead in California. So they just were like, we have to do it now. Oh my God, we're all going to die. And they just blew through all the, the typical debates and provisions that you would have to have a reasonable decision made in, in the legislature. And they started bringing millions of solar panels to people's homes. In fact, this is a thing that's happening nationwide. A new solar panel project was installed every 60 seconds in 2021, according to a fact sheet published by the Solar Energy Industries. And the solar industry is expected to quadruple in size by 2020 into 2030. The only problem is because they're doing this without much oversight and they're doing it out of emotional reactions without thinking of the long term consequences. Oh, he's got to get the clean energy out, clean energy, clean energy. Still. Only 15% of California's power comes from solar, and that is a gross overestimate. And once again, the context matters. Okay, the power might be coming from solar, but how much of that power are you? I mean, does that mean they're actually powering things like normal, or are there restrictions on power? Because L.A. is, I mean, I don't, I don't live in L.A., so I don't know what's going on there. But I've read in the news that L.A. is suffering from, like a lot of places, and especially in Texas, Routine blackouts. That was a warning back in, uh, what was it, back in uh, May that we did a show we talked called Blackout to the Future, and they were saying California is going to go through major blackouts. One of the reasons? Electric cars being plugged up to a grid that wasn't sustainable. Didn't have the, the, the ability to sustain it. So California has a new problem because they plowed ahead without thinking, and they half-assed it, to be blunt, Now, they don't know how to handle the waste, says the L.A. Times. As California barreled ahead on its renewable energy program, focusing on rebates and a proposed solar tax, questions about how to handle the waste that would accrue years later were never fully addressed. Crackerjack job of morons. Now, both regulators and panel manufacturers of solar panels are realizing that they don't have the capacity to handle what comes next. So guess what California has? A solar panel trash problem. And the toxic elements of the solar panels are seeping into the landfills. Let's all seriously just sit back and let's give California a round of applause. I'm serious. These people that that are running California into the ground, they care so much about the environment. They will dump thousands of pounds, maybe 
thousands and thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of pounds of solar panels. I'm going to keep clapping into landfills because they didn't think through the implementation of those solar panel programs. They're going to have uh, in schools, you're not allowed to report kids that are threatening to kill people because they say that'll stop mass shootings, the literal opposite of reality. California has kids praying to Aztec gods, which would be one thing if they were praying to Quetzalcoatl and said they're praying to Tiazquitlipoca. Maybe maybe California has uh, has has broken off from from reality, that is. And you would think maybe they could just disassemble these solar panels and recover the glass and the silver and the silicone. But no, that's too difficult. They're just going to throw them in the freaking trash. They have a few programs that are startups, but maybe they should have thought about that before they implemented the program. By the way, the Defense Authorization Act and the the oversight of military operations that is now officially being stripped from Congress I, I guarantee you has something to do with this climate emergency that is likely to be declared. Not yet. Hasn't been yet as of today, July 21st into the 22nd, 2022. And by the way, the Supreme Court of the United States in West Virginia versus the Environmental Protection Agency, you should read this, this case. They declare that uh, the EPA's authority to uh, determine what construed an air pollutant was a... Uh, was an absurd thing because the EPA is saying that greenhouse gases are air pollutants, meaning that they have the authority to regulate hotels, office buildings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Things that had quote, never before been subject to such requirements. The court said the view of EPA's authority was not, uh, not only uh, unprecedented or un, uh, yeah, unprecedented. It also affected a fundamental revision of the statute that they said gave them the power. He said it's not plausible that Congress gave the EPA the authority to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme. And therefore, they can't tell power plants to move away from coal and they can't force them to move entirely away from any energy source, which the Supreme Court said meant the EPA was actually trying to get their claws into these into these plants even deeper so that they could literally justify shutting the plants off and down entirely, which is essentially what the Center for Biological Diversity wants to do. And it's precisely what the White House wants to do. Net zero. No more carbon emissions. No more life on Earth. No more nitrogen. No more animals. No more plants. No more babies. No more families. No more humans. No more history. No more nothing. If I wasn't a um, a rational person, I would think, I don't know. It kind of sounds like an alien invasion. And it kind of sounds really sophisticated. And it kind of sounds like something that You'd watch that movie and think, wow, that's a really good take on it's not just aliens blowing things up. It's like captive state. They've taken control of leaders and they're promising us all these wonderful things, but they take away your humanity and they extract all the resources for themselves in the process under threat of total annihilation. And that's what they're threatening us with. Do what we say or you will be annihilated. But by the climate change, of course, not by our super advanced high tech space weapons. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. Please subscribe to the broadcast at thesecretteachings.info. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Grab a copy of one of my books, like The Technological Elixir. My new book, Liberty Shrug, will be out in a few weeks to a few months. I'm still finishing the uh, editions uh, and edits of that. www.thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. 
and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. By the way, please leave us a review on one of the radio podcast players you're listening to. Let us know what you think of the show. Just don't tell us that there's monetized ads in it. I know there's ads in it. Just let us know what you think of the actual content of the show. I'd really appreciate that. We'll be back tomorrow night, Friday night. Speak soon.